Well, hi there. Welcome to Let Go Lean In, my podcast of resources to help you learn to lead yourself and others well in the three crucial areas of work, life, and faith. I'm your host, Lisa Lewis. I'm an educator, researcher, and coach who can't stop sharing what I've been learning. Each episode will have a focused learning and practice, think lesson plan. Whether it's through a conversation with another leader, a book or podcast recommendation, or a personal story of my own experience. It's my desire to offer something of value for you in each episode to help you identify areas or self-limiting beliefs that have been hindering you in living the life of creativity, passion, and joy that God offers you every day. Now that may sound like a tall order or a pipe dream, but I know it is possible. Like Emily Dickinson, I dwell in possibilities. Okay, let's get to today's episode. Well, welcome, dear listener, to our first interview episode of 2024. I know you love these the best, and you're really going to enjoy meeting my guest today, Kristen Stockton. Kristen, thanks for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure, Lisa. I'm so excited to introduce you and the work that you're doing, especially to the listeners that I have. They're in a season where your coaching niche is really going to be a gift for them to know about. So without further ado, I'm going to read your bio and and then we can start chatting. So here we go. All right. The Caregiver Coach Group, I can speak, a JASCAP Consulting LLC initiative. We're going to get into all these details, but this is Kristen. Kristen Stockton is the founder of the Caregiver Coach Group under JASCAP Consulting LLC, where Kristen is the principal managing partner. Kristen's unique background spans 30 years of working with nonprofit, private, and public sector organizations. Her life and work over 20 years as a caregiver and human capital professional make her uniquely equipped to lead this new practice area. The Caregiver Coach Group provides one-to-one and group coaching, resources, workshops, and retreats, all to support the caregiver, their manager, and the team. What a beautiful offering. Mm -hmm. Kristen, thank you for for coming to speak to this, um, this group of listeners, truly. Thank you, Lisa. And as I was listening to you, share my bio. It's so interesting when you write your own bio, but (laughs) something else when someone reads it to you and you listen thinking, wow, who is that person? I want to meet them. (laughs) Yes, I I am humbled and honored to, to be in your presence and with the listeners today. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, at, at the center of it all is this wonderful thread that you and I have, you know, we retrace like oh, okay, this is how we connected initially. And it's through this beautiful organization, Forward Women. 
And I just want to give them a shout out because across the country and in some places in Canada, they are supporting Christian women in the marketplace and supporting through resources and encouraging community groups and all that kind of stuff. So it was so great to, to realize it was through your work with Forward in Washington, D.C. area and mine here on the West Coast and we met in Dallas. So very fun. <laughs> so, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. And for you listening, you are familiar with Forward, but I will also put a link in our show notes so that you can get reconnected with them because both Kristen and I have enjoyed our relationships with them as well. So back to my favorite thing is hearing people's stories. And because my audience is you know, a woman who is a leader, even though she might not have that in her title at this moment, and leaning toward the second half of life. We have a long story that we could tell, but I would love it if you have a, a memory of when leadership in your own life kind of rose to the top that you could share. We could We could start at that point. I love that question because it frames for me to think about my own definition of a leader mm. and when I when I saw myself in a posture of leadership yeah. because I, I think it's so much more important to think of a posture of leadership versus a position mm. of leadership. Mm -hmm. And when I think about my own life and I think about growing up in rural Pennsylvania, the only daughter of four um, brothers, siblings, four siblings, yeah. and I had a lot of time on my hands. Mm -hmm. um, we lived in a rural setting. There weren't a lot of children. So I had this imagination of creativity and imagination mm. that just has been a constant thread. So I've always been in a posture where I am imagining myself in different roles, in different positions. I had no trouble standing up in front of audiences of any size I was a vocalist, so I sang, I did the performing arts. So my entire thread has always been around creativity and performing and just a, a, a posture of carrying oneself. Everyone always thought I was so much older than I actually was mm. because I just had a lot of experience in with play. And that has carried me through all of my roles and seasons of being uh, in that creative mindset, mm -hmm. ideation. I am never short of ideas. And that brought me into the education realm and being a training to be a teacher mm. short lived because I didn't like the, the politics of it all. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to really help children learn. And so another part of my leadership posture is catalyst and advocate. Mm. 
which plays a part in going into master's degree at American University for Performing Arts Management. But where I landed was around arts education at a time when it was being removed from mm. the schools. Yeah. And that got underneath my skin. And so when you couple something that I'm passionate about and I love, and then I start to see its decline, not being leveraged, not being understood, not being mm -hmm. used, then I swing into action. And so I feel as if my posture from a young child kind of taking that beautiful sense of play, but then experiencing it in the adult world of how can I make things better, help people mm -hmm. learn, be effective and grow and make the change they want to see in their personal life as mm -hmm. well as their professional life. Mm -hmm. And so that's really been a thread that I have seen in the posture of leadership where there needs to be change. How do we make it happen? What are the solutions? Let's ideate, let's create, let's get it done. And we're, we're keeping this PG, but there is that terminology GSD. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I am that person that is, that is who I am as a leader. That is where I think the Lord really spirits me mm -hmm. to move and swing into action. And so I'd love to share more about that. I think that this is a beautiful through line from your creative imagination and carrying it forward to see ways that could be implemented to help others. That That is a posture of leadership. It's actually uh, two different styles of leadership could take what you've said and said, yes, this is who Kristen is. She's a servant leader. She's a transformational leader. Those are two research identified styles that everything that you described as your posture fall under. And, and so, you know, my favorite is transformational leadership, where you recognize this is something that we need to find out resources, develop, and then help others to develop those resources in themselves too. So there you are. Look at that leader all the way through. So please say more about, you know, what is rising up as you retell that story, because there's always a connective thread, right? Yeah. So as I was sharing that story, I think one of the other things that popped into my head was just being surrounded by caring individuals mm. who one always wanting to help and kind of rooting for the underdog. So um, my mother was in health services. She was a nurse. She studied gerontology. So she worked with aging populations. Um, my older brother was a guidance counselor in the school systems. And my father was technical electrician all of his life. But anytime anyone needed anything, he was always there. And he would 
for a great slice of pie, he would go fix your electrical <laughs> wiring in your oven and oh, I love spend that. hours talking and, and relating to people. And so I mm-hmm. I'm an amalgamation of my parents, first and foremost, my <sighs> earthly um, mother and father. Um, and then it's that spiritual connection. So always grew up in a Christian home and a Christian household and always involved in activities uh, at church and involved in that. So all of that really grounded me spiritually and rooted me in that. And I, I build a spirit of optimism growing up in that household. Things weren't always perfect. There was a lot of angst and challenges when you are middle-class and you have you know, four growing children and a lot of financial um, challenges and things of that nature, putting them us all through school and um, helping us through all things. But there was this always this undercurrent of helping and leaning in and Mm -hmm. servant leadership and Mm self-sacrifice, sacrificing oneself on behalf of someone else and making sacrifices, seeing my parents sacrifice so that the children could have what they needed to, to grow and learn and develop. And I think that always is a very humbling upbringing to be around. And mm-hmm. so um, what really came up to me as I was sharing all of this is that, you know, that's what created my, my professional drive, so to speak, and to want to go after the things where I was going to make the most difference and appeal to a wide range of people and build relationships. So one of my strengths is I'm very relational. So strategic and ideation, but relational and not just on mass, but really deep relationships with one-to-one with others. And as a coach, uh, as a professional coach, you know that that's what drives us, where we can just connect with that other human being and help them transform to wherever they are, to wherever they want to be and be a part of that process and use our intuition and our creativity and our knowledge to set a foundation and an atmosphere where that happens. And uh, so that is another aspect, I think, of our of our leadership posture, when we can kind of put our own agenda aside in service to someone else and help them be better at the end of that conversation than they were at the beginning. And so that coaching element is really helpful. Um, And we get roles in our life that we don't, that we don't choose Mm -hmm. and um, kind of swinging towards that you know, caregiver role. Right. So my, my husband's been disabled from work. He was um, injured and multiple times had numerous surgeries and suffers from chronic pain mm, uh, and a lot of other ailments. And so when we, um, when we got married, it, it, I took on that role of being his caregiver, but it wasn't as much because he, it, we were younger, <laughs> but as we age, um, that shifts and changes and other issues come up through surgeries and other medical interventions and things of that nature. And so there are times where, and I was a working professional, so I am taking on 
um, this role of wife and caregiver and kind of helping to manage all of the things that come with that. And I had this reflection point um, just this past year mm. and I was sitting down with some beautiful women um, who we call ourselves around the coaching sisterhood, but we were talking about our coaching practice and I'm reinventing my coaching practice. So mm-hmm. I came out of a season of working for um, a top organization and found myself needing to re reimagine what my next is going to be and what my coaching practice is going to be. And I wanted to create something that was sustainable and long lasting, but that also was going to help solve a critical issue and 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 focus my practice around something that I'm passionate about and I'm knowledgeable about and that I could really help people. And I remember I was sitting out on my porch. It was a beautiful summer evening and enjoying an adult beverage and just listening to the birds. And I got this download about, I said, I, and I looked up to the sky, I said, Lord, you know, what do I, what do you want me to do with Mm -hmm. what I have now? Yeah. I'm learning how to ask him more questions and to sit quietly as opposed to just waxing poetic to the Lord about what I want to do and what my agenda is. And Mm -hmm. so when it downloaded, you're a caregiver, Kristen, you know about caregiving. You've been one for 20 years. Like there's, there's a need for Mm -hmm. that type of coaching experience. And what was interesting is prior to this, uh, I had got another beautiful download from the Holy Spirit with a framework. So I have this mm. learning development need, this creativity, and I, 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 I have a voracious appetite to create and to create tools and, and in ways to capture information in ways that help people learn. And mm. so downloaded this entire framework and a word for me, and I couldn't stop writing and I couldn't stop developing. I couldn't stop creating, but I didn't know what to do with it mm-hmm. at the time. And it was called restore um, seven letters, R E S T O R E. And each letter represented a, an element of what it looks like to have the work of our father and the Holy spirit work through us to restore mm-hmm. things that have been broken, mm-hmm. things that are hurt, wounds, yeah. lost dreams, mm-hmm. how he restores us. And so I, I went through a whole process and worked on that and kind of sat it on the side, which is another thing the Lord is good at teaching. He will help you figure out when his timing works for us Yeah, on his timeline. Yep. And I used to be someone who jumped in with an idea and ran with it and just, just go for it. And I didn't think three times about it. And that can get you into a little trouble when you go ahead (laughs) of his timing with an idea that you aren't supposed to do right now. That's right. Or talk about with anybody else. Exactly. Right. So I've learned in my time with Mm -hmm. the Lord, my growth Mm -hmm. has been about just sitting with what he gives me, uh, yeah, waiting yeah. and working mm. on it. It has to rest. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been waiting 
on how do I leverage this restore? And I built an, I built another um, use for restore um, for women that's outside of the outside of the the caregiver coach group. But when I put the two of them together, it was just this beautiful story. And I just imagined sitting with someone who is absolutely busy, overwhelmed Mm -hmm. around their persona of being a caregiver, yet having a lot of other dreams and desires, professional, personal, that they want to do. And sitting there, often with guilt, caregiver guilt is a big derailer of a lot of um, personal relationships and a lot of emotional strain that comes on to people who are in that role. And I want to be able to help others who, like me, often did not know how to navigate the workplace and the relationships and what to do with all of this, mm-hmm. what to do with the emotions, what to do with what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what to do pragmatically, tactfully. And so I am putting together um, what I am aspiring to be a, a group of, of resources, not just myself, but others who can come alongside on this journey and be a resource for caregivers in different ways. And so mm-hmm. I'm starting to build this practice, but I'm starting with coaching and using the restore framework as the model assessment and to work with individuals who are in that caregiver role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually I will build additional tools to work with employers and their workplace right. so that they are better equipped to really manage beyond health insurance beyond EAP programs to really be able to help them holistically provide resources, a one-stop shop where these individuals who are their employees can get all the things that they need. But we know coaching is so transformational Mm -hmm. and it's so different to go through a coaching experience than it is to just read a checklist and download these are the three things you need to think about. Go think about them. Mm-hmm. You need a thought partner. You need someone you can think out loud with and say yes. the things that you can't say to your loved one who you're right. experiencing this with. Oh, yeah. Because the yeah, potential they're... wounding from you bringing yes. out the thoughts and emotions that you've had to contain while you were giving care and doing all the other things could, could be wounding in a way that, yeah. And the frustration and the outburst, and you feel horrible when you when you have those feelings. You have to park them because you don't want the person you're caring for to feel like they're a burden because they already identify that way. They already know that they are. Right. And you don't exacerbate that. So you hide things. You don't tell them everything. You, you know, there's a whole range of um, coping mechanisms that you just start to adapt that are not healthy for you, the relationship or what have you. So I really want to help people think through, um, their decision-making process and also how they navigate the questions they need to ask in the workplace Mm. and how specifically they can interact with their peers and their manager in ways that are productive. Um, Very often 
people who are caregivers are very overwhelmed. It shows up in their performance. They don't know how to talk about it. And they don't know how to talk about what they're going through. And they don't really share a lot because they don't want people to pity them. Mm-hmm. And they don't want people to feel sorry for them. Right. And, oh, you know, and you can just, you, you, you can feel the, and nobody really understands what you're going through anyway. So yes. yeah, they make all these points. Both and the managers and organizations need to be educated on the demands within a caregiver's life because, you know, even if the caregiver can articulate well some of the things that they're going through, if their manager or their teammates or whomever don't have an understanding uh, a vocabulary, then it's going to be like they're speaking two different languages. And so what you're talking about developing is so holistic. And I love that you have a vision for it and that you're very strategic and creative. It's like you're uniquely wired for this, Kristen. I love that. Isn't it wonderful? And I'm also very patient with the, you know, the process it will take to eventually kind of build this out. And so, Mm -hmm. um, but it's very exciting because I really do believe there's a need for it. Um, I've been in multiple employers where employers provide, you know, great policies and programs for you to take advantage of. Adding the element of coaching for those individuals who are processing and going through all of this Mm -hmm. is is just the extra added benefit. And coming with a human capital background, I understand the policies and procedures and how to navigate that. I had to navigate that myself. And um, I didn't always share what was going on. And, and sometimes even my HR colleagues, if, you know, I remember this one time and there are wounds that come from these situations from, Mm -hmm. and I remember one time I remember one time I was with my husband. He had just gone into the hospital for, he was on um, stage four kidney failure. Came out of nowhere. Never had kidney problems before. Wow. Residual side effects of a lot of the medication that he was taking. And it was a very, very scary time. And I, so immediately I have to make a thousand phone calls at work and change voicemail and out of office and all of that. And I had to take care of that while I'm, you know, in the ER with him. And, you know, so you're doing these things at the same time. And, you know, I remember going on a call with my team and just saying, oh, you know, thank you so much for your well wishes and cares. My husband was in the hospital. And one of my colleagues like, well, Kristen, it's just time to trade up. And it was such (laughs) a hard thing to hear. It was like, no, I, I wouldn't trade my husband for anything in the world. He's an amazing man. He's, he's accomplished a lot in his life. He's got more to accomplish despite the fact that he has to deal with um, his, his physical disability, you know, and I was just so taken aback by that response. And I thought, you know, I, I can, I have a lot of forgiveness and I come with a lot of grace and Mm -hmm. I give people a lot of mercy, Mm -hmm. but that was something, and this was, you know, many, many years ago, but it still sticks with me as just, you know, 
things that people say. I was going to say it, it goes in the in the hopper of can't make comments that people. <laughs> and I thought, why? Why? And I reflected on that, and I just think, you know, there's so many things that people do not understand. Mm-hmm. Whether you're caring for a spouse, whether you are caring for an aging parent, right? Whether you are, and whether it's short term or long term, um, whether it's their illness is, could be terminal and long term or temporary. Um, I reflect on my um, my sister in law. Um, my brother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, so for two and a half years he's working and with cancer. So there's the people who have the disability, right? Right. And then there are the caregivers who are managing their emotions, their resources, and that of their loved ones. Yeah. And it got to a point um, last year where it had just, it had progressed and he was no longer able to, to work. And she was, has a really big job. Um, but I just kind of watched her not only care for my, she had to manage the care for my brother. She also had a parent who mm-hmm. um, is in, um, who has dementia and Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And so you are now the caregiver for two varying degrees. And I just sat there thinking, I know her, she would not have picked up the phone and said, I really need a coach to help me through this. Mm-hmm. So what, what my goal is, is to really be able to help employers and friends and families be the advocate for the caregiver. Often the caregiver is not going to be the person who's going to raise their hand and ask for help. And number two, they're so busy managing all of these things. They have so many balls up in the air. There needs to be an intervention point. And so what I would love for listeners and for others to really be thinking about if this is me, if I resonate as a caregiver, I could benefit from this. Yeah. And to, to take that, take that step forward to have someone come alongside you and walk you through this framework that can really help you process and make decisions and free up the space for the, for all the fields and all the things that you have to do. But also if you, if you are in a position where you know someone who could benefit from this, then be that nudge, Mm -hmm. uh, be that nudge to help them say, you know what, there's a resource that might just be, you know, it's not a, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a healthcare provider. I'm, I'm I'm not going to help with those types of issues, but I can help you deal with the interpersonal and the relational and coach you through that. So you're, you're feeling more in control. And also on the outside, someone who's been through a caregiver position and say the loved one has passed away your identity has been in as a caregiver for that individual for 20 years, six months, whatever your identity was wrapped up in that Mm -hmm. balancing those personas, getting back, restoring back to who you are now and reimagining what your life could be going forward is, is another outcome and a result of this work. 
Yes. I'm really passionate about because I think about that for myself. You know, you identify Mm. yourself as a caregiver. And if you're no longer in that role for whatever reason, it leaves a hole and a void. And you need to move forward in a way where you can start to dream again and not feel bad. Yeah. I think there's so much wisdom in what you're saying, Kristen, because it goes back to how we learn things. We don't know what we don't know. That's that's where we start. In order to learn something, we come up against an awareness that we don't have the information that we need to do whatever it is, right? And the beauty of having walked this path yourself as a caregiver, you've developed a resource library that as a coach, with permission of your client, you can help equip them with the tools that they need to get to the next step of what they're working through. Feel all the feels if that's what's needed, or even to um, take the steps in organizing and strategizing time management around, you know, uh, getting to doctor's appointments and working with your team and all the things in between, right? And so often, and and I don't know if this is your experience, but so often it's, you talked about your sister-in-law with, with your brother and then her parents. There's a third component for many that there are children that are in that mix that need their level of attention and school and et cetera, et cetera. So the complicated le- levels that a caregiver has to walk through really cries out for a space to be able to say, okay, I just need to sort this out. And there you are, a trained listening ear with resources available and in your great giftedness, the presence of the Holy Spirit to listen to what is behind what's being said. Absolutely. I love this. This is amazing. I mean, you know, I have questions about how did you get here? You've unpacked this completely in such a beautiful storied way that there's no question I literally can think of two people that I know that listen to this podcast who are going to go, what? <laughs> because they're in this right now. Mm. And that um, the need is great. So yeah. getting you out there so that people know that what you're doing is is a resource that is available is um I'm trusting this audience is going to share this episode with people that they know that need to hear this because it is so crucial and and so prevalent. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I was reflecting on one of the other things you asked about, you know, the experience, the invitation of Jesus. And I think there are so many moments. Well, there's a song that I'll share. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a charity gale song called um, You're Not Done. Mm. And um the song says if you still have breath in your lungs, you're not done. Yeah. And I can tell you there are many days where I felt I am done. 
Oh, there's a lot of days where it's like, I don't know how much more I could take. And it could be just a a amalgamation of, of different stressors, just pressing on you. And so what I have been learning, um, and leaning into with the Lord is my role and boundaries, Mm. his role. Mm -hmm. And so I had a moment, um, not too long ago where I just felt so much pressure Mm. and part of it is we often take on a persona of rescuer Mm. Mm -hmm. and we're the only one who can do this. We're the only one who can do that. And the Lord was saying, no, that's my job. Mm -hmm. I'm the healer. I'm the great physician. I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to take care of this. You pull back. And what I asked him to do is, will you remind me (sighs) that I'm overstepping when I'm taking on your role? Yeah. Yeah. Would you kindly tell me whatever I'm experiencing, wherever there's um, things coming up, because particularly when you're dealing with someone who might be suffering from um, migraines or have an illness that has side effects from lack of sleep or medication, Mm. right? Nerve damage, things of that nature. Uh, Things aren't always soft and gentle. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. So and in any relationship, when sparks yeah. are flying or, or emotions are really heightened, yeah. it's like, oh, Lord, I'm, uh, this is one of those moments where, where, where you're stepping in, mm-hmm. not where I have to fix everything or walk on eggshells and tell me where I need to go right now mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what I need to do. Um, is this something you, I need to do, or you need to do? And he's been really, really good at doing that. And it's made a huge difference. So one of the things that I always share with people is, and particularly in understanding the expectations in restore, the second letter is expectations are particularly as a caregiver, what are the expectations you have on yourself Mm. and other people and you know, I don't make friends at the CVS pharmacy very often because I have high expectations that everything is going to be perfect with all of the medications and all of the refills and all the timing, everything just works perfectly. And I don't have to go to the pharmacy three times in the same week because they didn't fill things correctly. So, yeah. So I, I, I have to be gentle with myself and I also have to have a lot of grace for others. And so the little things add up. And so part of it is really understanding what is the Lord's to handle and what is for me. Right. And constantly reminding myself, this is not the thing that I'm supposed to be managing or dealing with. Right. And I don't take it all on. It's not my job to take it all on to take on all the, uh, the emotional stress of the person that I'm caring for. Right. The Lord is there to be their healer and to be with them and to give them the peace that they need. And so mm-hmm. helping in those relationships um, is, is 
the most important thing. And that is where a partnership with the Lord on this is important. And to be able to sit and just lay it all at his feet and surrender it all. Um, he knows every tear that we've cried. Yeah. And he and um he's not we're not done. We're not done. And he is there to give us the rest that we need in our life, in our second wave, mm-hmm. whatever that is. He is there to give us the rest we need to revive us and get us ready for the next step. Right. And the the whole notion of self-care, regardless of whether you're a caregiver or not, the whole notion of self-care is so important to me that that women especially understand what that looks like um, with Jesus. Mm. Yes, it's nice mm-hmm. to think about getting a massage and a manicure and pedicure, but yeah. I'm sorry, that's not what it is. <laughs> it can worth, be an aspect it of can it. Be right? an aspect of it. And I am a, I am very fond of going out and having a girly time. And that's the other thing that's really important is we start to take things away from our life because we feel guilty for enjoying ourselves when somebody else that we're caring mm. for or yeah. won't or won't be able to do that. And really important to maintain that sense of self-care and go for the walk and get the manicure and the pedicure and get your hair done and figure out how you do that and, and enjoy that time um, of Mm -hmm. self-care and also that rest. What is that restorative fun, play, draw, create, you know, and um, building that into your time and the Lord will show you where you have margin for what really matters. Margin. Great word. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it, it all ties together this mindset. I have too much to do. So I can't, I can't meet with a coach, which is another form of self-care that you didn't mention, but it is 100% self-care to invest time that is going to reset how you perceive your reality. And I, yeah, well, I'm also a coach, right? So this is, I get very, okay, people, this is something you need to really think about for 2024 that you find time. Yeah. Whether, whether you're working on the beautiful boundaries that you spelled out, that God is going to help you understand this is yours to do and the rest belongs to me or I will give you the who needs to know what what needs to be done and and that is so good because when you do partner with Holy Spirit you end up being inspired literally that is and so there's that creative thread as well as those beautiful downloads of what he's given you to do in this season Mm -hmm. it's exciting. Yes. And, I'm, and I I will learn along the way. I already have um, been in touch with women who, when I've shared this, is like, well, I'm in this now. I said, well, let's have a conversation because I really want to understand all the varying um, ins and outs of people's stories and right. how and how I can help. And yeah. Um, and that's beautiful perfect. because that collectively you iterate. And, and can then offer a very rich set of resources. 
It's it's important that we have our lived experience, but when you are gathering stories from other people like that, then you can see a more holistic perspective of of all that people might encounter and the ways that they respond to it. And that's that's beautiful. Human capital. Look at how nothing is wasted in the season that we are in. So we can look back and go, oh, look at how that is now a part of this and this. And so if there's anything, dear listener, that you have gained from this conversation, in addition to if you're in a caregiving season, reach out to Kristen and I will have her um, contact information and ways to reach out in the show notes for this episode. But if there's anything that you've heard, please note, God doesn't waste anything and you're not done yet. So Kristen, powerful, powerful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all that you will highlights of what you've walked through, not all, but you know, how you got to where you are now and what you know is ahead. I, I just love it. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for sharing your valuable time with me. There's so many great podcasts to listen to. You choosing this one means a lot to me, especially. If you found value in this particular episode, would you please share it with a friend? Sharing helps others know what you find interesting and valuable. And plus, it allows the algorithm to pay attention to the interest in this podcast. And if you aren't already following Let Go Lean In podcast, would you take a minute to do that now, please? I feel needy asking this, but the way that algorithms work, when you subscribe and you rate the show and you write a review, more people see the podcast in the suggested for you section, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or another streaming platform. This is an easy way for you to help other women learn to let go lean in. One final piece of information. This podcast is ad-free thanks to generous subscribers to my Substack, Learning Along the Way. I share more there than on a podcast episode. We're a growing community and I'd love to have you join us as either a free or paid subscriber. There are extra perks as a paid subscriber, like monthly Zoom gatherings and quarterly one-to-one -one coaching for founding members. Head over to Learning Along the Way on Substack. The link to Substack is in the show notes. I really appreciate you sharing your valuable time with me. Thanks again for being here. See you next time.